Disaster movies need to have inherent to them the fear that whatever mission they're trying to accomplish could fail. This one, at no point do you think, I wonder if those missiles will miss. Like, that's already assumed. It's just a matter of time before they get to the meteor. But the fact that they might miss is never really a threat. Music. <laughs> yes, you weren't recording though. Yeah, he is. I was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Bonus. Bonus. Hey everybody, welcome to the New World Pictures podcast, Nearly New World. Uh, this is our series where we talk about movies that were nearly made by New World or have, in this case, the, there's a couple things that make it almost a New World Pictures movie, and we'll get into the reasons why in just a second. I'm Ryan, with me as always is Mark. I think it's important that the audience understands that I was in the middle of a very competitive yacht race that I had to forfeit in order to yeah. come and join this episode. The press is not going to know why you left the race. That's all you just need to no. know. Yeah. The president needs you. The president needs I never needs had you time to, to explain. record a podcast episode. And Erica. It's important for everyone to understand that I just finished up some time on the slopes and was just looking forward to just relaxing with everyone and talking about the time I just spent on the slopes. You know me, listeners, so active. I was definitely on those slopes. Just trying to have a good time. That's all going to be interrupted by an act of man-made disaster. Because this is disastuary, guys. This is our second episode. If you haven't listened to our episode from Up From the Depths. You should definitely check that one out. <laughs> but this is our nearly new world disaster film, also from the exact same year, 1979. We're Woo! talking about Meteor. That meteor is five miles wide and it's definitely going to hit us. <laughs> it's coming apart in a million pieces. Those astronauts never had a chance. No, they sure didn't. They also didn't give them the chance. No. Brains at its disposal. Develop the project to deal with this emergency. Attitude correction complete. Situation nominal. Old school computers. Anything go wrong? Once the rockets have been launched, they switch over to their own internal decision-making systems. And if these systems perform perfectly, well, then there's no problem. But if there's a malfunction, what are the odds? Your guess is as good as mine. Ooh. We can expect the first splinters in 24 hours. And that is it, because that trailer just cuts off. But Jeez. That was like, that That was just walking you through the movie. Yeah, it was the that most. That trailer cuts off where the movie doesn't. Yeah, nope, nope. <laughs> where the movie continues. Nope, continues. Meteor is 107 full minutes. This is yeah. like a movie, like when you get a package and it's like a like it's like a big box, like a ten by ten, and you're like, ooh wee, and then you realize it's it's <laughs> all the so many times I've celebrated yeah. this going, ooh yeah, I know this is why I knew I knew this I, I tailored this for you. Oh, you guys Erica. almost made Dr Pepper Zero Sugar go out my nose. <laughs> don't 
this episode. Oh, wait, Mark. <laughs> and you look in the box and it's just nothing but styrofoam peanuts. And there's just a tiny little thing in the middle of all the styrofoam. It's packed to the brim. And you're still saying to yourself inside, ooh-wee. 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 I still wee. got something. <laughs> I still got something. And it's Sean Connery. Uh. Right. <laughs> just a Sean Connery mask. It's a paper Sean Connery mask in the box. Uh, this is uh, a uh, disaster movie, like we said, that came out in 1979. And so let's get into why it's nearly New World, right? Yeah. Uh, the reason being, last year, we we talked about a disaster movie, New World Pictures released, mm-hmm. called Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, if uh, you have seen Avalanche and you have also seen Meteor, you have seen footage the same footage from both films. Ooh wee, yep. yeah. Ooh wee, <laughs> because you said, "Ooh wee, look at that footage." I, I know remember that, that footage. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Roger Corman sold some footage from Avalanche uh, to the the director of this film, and uh, actually, he explained in the Blu-ray for Avalanche that he said the director who is Ronald Neem, and I guess it was him. Corman would not name names, but he said the director needed footage. He said he came to him. Roger let him know the footage was not very good. And the director said, I don't care. I need it. So give it to me. I'm, I need it. I'm like, the effects are late. I'm at a deadline. I need the footage. So he sold it to him and he said, great. So why did he need the footage from Avalanche? And that footage showed up and he said, ooh, wee, I got my footage. Why did they send it in such a big box? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, wee, what a metaphor Ryan had earlier. Hey, much like much like this movie, we are just reusing Ooey for episodes yeah, that's to right. come. Yeah. If you're already sick of it, don't worry, we're not done. <laughs> this uh, <laughs> So they needed this footage because the movie was originally scheduled for June for release in June of 1979, and it was pushed to October 1979 because mm. they fired special effects supervisor Frank Vanderveer. Oh, uh, according to a December 1979 issue of Starlog magazine. In fact, uh, quote, uh, virtually all of his work was discarded, they said, after a year into production. So they uh, they needed that footage. And like I said, director Ronald Neem is the one directing this movie. And he, you would think, uh, would be able to handle a, a production like this because he also made the Poseidon Adventure as oh, well. As the I right. love that movie. As well. yeah. and he was actually a former director of photography turned director. He worked with David Lean initially as a director of photography. And then he switched over to being a director. And he made movies like The Chalk Garden and Gambit and Poseidon Adventure. And right before this, The Odessa File. And so here he is is back doing another disaster film felt like it was going to be a slam dunk it wasn't <laughs> no not at all in fact i was thinking about how much i loved the poseidon adventure right? and the towering mm. inferno sure and how this movie had none of the things i loved about mm-hmm. those movies because <laughs> didn't have gene hackman didn't it didn't have Ernest Borgnine. Didn't have Shelley Winters in it. And that, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was really, you know, all those things above and an actual sense of impending doom. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> there, the, the only people that really had that impending doom was the astronauts and they die immediately. <laughs> right. Right. The astronauts. And this is like during the time when if you wanted to demonstrate what it's like to be in space, you just moved very slowly right you move slowly but your mouth moves at the regular pace (laughs) 
guys though that's uh spoiler alert one of the things i loved because i feel like isn't that what we all dream space is like or is it just me you don't need to put a spoiler before telling us things you love (laughs) oh okay that's not ruining the movie for anyone spoiler alert i appreciate that note (laughs) Ooh wee! you're welcome i love that those astronauts get told like hey i'm gonna take you a little bit off course my my bad I'm just doing something here. Oh, okay. Where are we going? Oh, boom. You're, you've exploded. Whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Also, like, one of the guy's dad is in the room. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah. That's a rough one. How yeah. do you yeah. deal with that one? Mm-hmm. Hey, man, how you? I kind of made a mistake, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's kind of a drag that I just did that. <laughs> I don't want to uh, ruin your after work plans, but I did send your son on a course to death. A certain doom and death. Right, um, right. Have a great afternoon. We still playing tennis on Friday, or is that is that off or off? Are you going to be a dick about it? (laughs) (laughs) Or is this going to be weird? Because you know what? Ooh, we! I will not like that. (laughs) Listen, I said I'm sorry. What the fuck more do you want from me? Yeah, God, God, God. who's the asshole? You are. <laughs> By this point in the movie, uh, and I know we haven't even started talking about the the, the sequence of the movie or the storyline, but I was already starting to go. The, was, the title tells it all. Yeah, right. Guess what? A meteor is coming to Earth. Done. Watch out. Yes. I didn't even look up the letterboxed uh, synopsis because I'm like, it doesn't matter. What could it have said? What could it have said? <laughs> just imagine. Come up with your own. Let's come up with your own. What do you, what do you think it said? I'd already started to think about, like, how accurate is are they portraying uh, uh, NASA and space travel and, mich- and missiles? Started to look into it, but IMDb actually has, in their goof section, a whole laundry list of people that have said, this doesn't actually work like they say. <laughs> For example, no. in space, in space, there's no sound. Showing meteorites, missiles, and so on are accompanied by a lot of noise that you would never hear in space. Yeah. Also, the scene we're talking about in the control room would have taken 15 to 20 minutes for each one of those conversations to get to their location. So there's no real-time talking. Would you have been more satisfied <laughs> had they just taken out all the sound? And... <laughs> yes! The only the only thing I can think of that has actually ever done that, and this is not the only Mark film. Mark wants it to be a Philip that Glass is, yeah. Presents Meteor. <laughs> yeah. Make it real or I say no. <laughs> The only time I can think of a time where they would show space and they didn't show it was like uh, Serenity, you know, uh, the TV mm-hmm. show. Or maybe maybe I'm thinking Battlestar Galactica, where they would show space and they had no sound going on. I think it's Serenity, actually. Um, Listeners, he's, he's looking at me to validate this, and I am absolutely zero <laughs> yeah, help. Yeah, ooh-wee, like, as usual. You're like, ooh-wee, don't look at me. Yeah. Don't look at me. Those are both uh, shows I case, watched and I don't have any memories of. <laughs> Meteor is not the first film to put in sound in space, but I love that you're someone's like, uh, I would like 15 minutes between responses. That's what would make me like Meteor. <laughs> I feel like well, they just improved upon space. It's all quiet. Thank out you. There. I'm glad they're I'm just- here. Yeah, this made did, it better. I did see the, some of those things on IMDb, and I was like, "Oh, Mark, Mark's oh. gonna have a feel." I thought of you because I was like, "Oh man!" I read through all of them. Yeah, oh, I'm sure you did, and you were just nodding, going, <laughs> "Yep, yep." Did you? Did, where did you guys watch this? Oh, oh good. Uh, good on a screen. <laughs> ah, got him. <'em>. Who <laughs> 
<laughs> we watched this quite quite the burn uh, <laughs> on our good our good friend Donald Borcher's YouTube page because mm-hmm. he has yep. a disaster movie section. Uh, please check out his YouTube page. Uh, he's got a bunch of movies on. There's tons of stuff. There's also a lot of New World stuff, but there's tons of stuff on there. And he had a whole disaster movie page, and that's where we watched Meteor. So uh, before I discovered that, or more more or less remembered it because we mentioned that in a previous episode, I started watching this on Prime Video. Oh, did yeah. you happen to watch it on Prime Video? No, 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 no. I did not. <laughs> it's 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 not a good. It looked like it was in four three. It did not look like it was. Well, I think the four three or sixteen by nine doesn't really matter because the Prime Video version, the audio. Um, is about three seconds ahead of the video for the entire ahead. movie. Not ahead. like that. So it's a lot of hearing people talk and then their mouth moves. And for I watched yeah, about 15 minutes space, of it. This... That's how space really works. <laughs> I, that's what I thought. I watched about 15 minutes of the movie and thought, well, this is, I think this works. I think this is how it was supposed to be viewed. That's right. This is how they showed it in theaters. You got a really authentic experience because the only thing that Ronald Nee wanted was everyone to feel like they were in space. Right, right. So I would recommend if you want an authentic experience uh-huh. to watch mm-hmm. the Prime Video version. But mm-hmm. if you want a more coherent version where you can follow along easily, then right. check out and you John like P. pixelation channel. Yeah, right. <laughs> and right. you like just like occasional like streaming lags where things mm-hmm. get touched, yeah. pixelated, yeah. and then clear up. Mm-hmm. But that's right. on us. That's not on Donald's YouTube right. page. Correct. That's fair. not his. Fair, 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 fair. All right. So getting back to it, what are your letterboxed synopsises for Meteor? Mm. Erica, oh. what, what do you oh. What's yours? Oh. Yeah. A troubled marriage finds that there are bigger <laughs> problems at large. <laughs> One man's attempt to escape danger through the sea is <laughs> through is wow. stopped by NASA <laughs> as uh, they yeah. attempt to yes. help him save the rest of the world from a meteor, which is troubling everyone. <laughs> That's troubling you know everyone. Mm-hmm. That makes that, that is that is a letterbox review. And the meteors like cold calls telling you that your car insurance is about to expire. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. thinking of a letterbox style. Yeah. They always have some weird. They like, have it weird. Yeah. You yeah. have to talk about it in weird, vague terms. That makes sense. I guess. I also I didn't this. expect to go first. Okay. With yeah. me always oh, is Mark. I, I, threw, I thought he would be yeah. first. Yep. I reversed it. Mark, what's your letterbox synopsis? A renowned scientist who recently retired from NASA is interrupted during a yacht race and begins a quest to avoid eating at all costs. (laughs) 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 Why eat when you can just drink coffee all 24 hours a day? Coffee Uh, and whiskey. This is the 70s. Water was bad. Coffee and whiskey and Diet Coke was was in. I'm trying to live like the 70s today. (laughs) I'm trying to. He goes... Sean Connery's character goes out of his way to not eat throughout yeah. the movie. In yeah. fact, at yeah. one point he's asked, have you eaten? And he right. says, I had some coffee. Mm-hmm. Like he is like trying to say, get fucking leave me alone. Right. And pop a diet pills. I'm feeling <laughs> good. What's hilarious is that then Natalie Wood goes, well, that that's not really. That's just going to get you more excited. So you should really have something to eat. And he was like, OK, and we should get something to eat. And he walks out and he goes. Would you like some coffee? <laughs> like immediately. Yeah. And then they have like several things of coffee that he's just uh-huh. like, yep. Oh, the best part of NASA is the coffee. Yeah. 
The best part of NASA is the cup in your cup. <laughs> I think that was just different uh, enough. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> They'll never sue us. Thank you. They went, ooh, we, we've got a lot. Nope, we don't have a lawsuit. Nope, nope, they just changed it enough. Uh, Can't wait to sue this podcast. That's we're really gonna I'll get show paid. Them. I'm gonna mm-hmm. roll in it after this. Damn you! That letterbox description was way better. Damn it! <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Okay, Ryan, tiebreaker. The president of the United States is forced to make a difficult decision. <laughs> That's, That's it. it. That's it. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that all. I think. All of ours are correct. Uh, yes. What does this, Letterbox have to say about this? Is this is what the real Letterbox oh, is, and it is lengthy. Oh, my God. Of it course is it is. I went for a, Jesus, a, one like of those. the fucking movie. Yeah. yeah. No shit. <laughs> After a collision with a comet, a nearly eight-kilometer-wide piece of the asteroid Orpheus... They put stats? Yep. That's son of a... Obviously <laughs> not from the United States going with kilometers. Yeah, there. kilometers, right. Is heading towards Earth. If it will hit, it will cause an incredible catastrophe... Which will probably extinguish mankind. Probably. Probably. Maybe. 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 We don't know. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? We don't know. If it will hit. I mean, we don't know. We Remember don't know. for the trailer when he was like, it is going to hit. Yeah. There's no question. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, what's the point of this movie? It's not like yeah. meteor question mark. It's meteor. Everybody period. run to one side of the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I mean, but most of the movie is all the meteor sharts that are coming down and attacking the Earth. I feel better about my letterboxed review already. (laughs) To stop the meteor, NASA wants to use the illegal nuclear weapons satellite Hercules, but discovers soon, (laughs) they discover soon, Soon. (laughs) that it doesn't have enough firepower. Their only chance to save the world is to join forces with the USSR. (laughs) Oh, yep. Uh, who have also at that time at that time who have also launched such an illegal satellite? <laughs> they think at that time they think, <laughs> but will both governments agree? And that's it. Yeah, that's I it. I like ours way better. Yeah, I agree yeah, too. They do agree, by the way. They, yeah, yeah, they agree. Mm-hmm. There's no they agree, and there's never fact, any. To Mark's point, there's it, never any tension that they no, won't agree. No. In fact, the two missiles actually high five right before they <laughs> hit the missile. <laughs> And it's like really heartwarming because you're like, wow, we really did it. The Cold War's over too. They agree. And then there's an hour more of movie. Yeah. Still more. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Shit. The damn missiles explode the meteor and there's more to the movie. There's so much going on. Now, like we said, there's a lot of problems with the the, uh, effects. This is actually something Ronald Neem uh, said in his memoir, Straight from the Horse's Mouth, it's called. This is what he said. He said, what changed the film from being something I could have been proud of to a horror were these special effects. The head of that lamentable department has insisted <gasps> on taking his own camera on location. Mm. The producers accepted his request despite the advice of our cameraman, Paul Lohman, who wanted him to take a guaranteed steady Panavision camera. He assured us his own was equally steady, but it wasn't. Consequently, the footage he filmed could not be married precisely to our shots. No amount of lab work could put it right. So I felt like, okay, cool. Does that, that must be Frank Vanderveer. Right. But after he was uh, sent packing, after working on it for like a year, the VFX crew led by William Cuse and Margot Anderson were hired for reshoots and then they were dismissed. So mm. who he was talking about, I'm not 100 percent. Saving the day was Gene Warren, founder of Excelsior Animated Motion Pictures 
If that name sounds familiar, it doesn't. What name? What movie did he work on? Did Gene Warren and Excelsior work on prior to Meteor? <clears throat> Avalanche. Avalanche. Oh. They were hired. Him and and. Uh... <laughs> He's so far away, but he's still excited. Uh, him and Rob Blaylock were recruited two months before the release date in October of 1979. So perhaps Gene uh, Gene Warren is the person that Corman talked to? I don't know, but clearly he was like, oh, I know what we could use for this Avalanche footage because I just worked on it. I just did Avalanche. So that is also how... So that's that completes our picture of why this felt like Nearly New World because there was also other moments outside of the Avalanche stuff that I was like, God, this feels very New World. But it's because we had Gene Warren doing the effects. But this stars Sean Connery and it's all the better for it, who deserves a much better toupee than what he was given on this. <laughs> I mean, it's Sean Con- It's not quite Sir yet, but no, come on. No, no, no. He is now in the 70s. Was he wearing is- a toupee in this? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Da- yeah. yeah. Oh. But he's got like the severely he still has hair hairline toupee. He has like, yeah, he is really like, he's getting basically almost no hair on the top of his head. So yeah. they gave him a toupee that went on the top of his head and then tried to blend it into his real hair in a way that made it look like he was wearing a toupee. <laughs> You're right, exactly. He, he's worn many wigs and toupees in many movies, and often they look great. This one, he does not look good. This is such a weird period of his career, and I love this period, and I, I haven't <laughs> seen every film, but it's just like he's he's done with Bond, at least until he does Never Say Never Again in the 80s. But he's doing like weird shit like Zardoz, and he's yeah. doing like right. period films like Robert and Marion, The Wind and the Lion, which also had Brian Keith in it. He had just done first great train robbery that's what he did oh. right before this what was the one where he was a cop on the moon that's outland outland after that's after this yeah he was like <laughs> in a period here where he was just like let's do some weird stuff but he's great in a lot of these movies right outland right. specifically he is awesome mm-hmm. in that movie he's great in this and it's such an odd period mm-hmm. i feel like he settles back in certainly once he does the untouchables he really kind of settles back into his career a little bit but this is kind of a fun random period but here's here's him actually talking about uh joining the cast of meteor i've never um i've never done a movie of that genre you know the disaster movie before although mind you most of the end of these bond films now that's what they usually were they were like disasters gas works going up and buildings collapsing and rockets and what and uh once we'd introduced the elements of Natalie coming in as a Russian, speaking Russian, Russian and Brian Keith and everything, I, I thought it uh, has a, it's a different sort of uh, disaster. Once they said Natalie was going to be in this movie, I said, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but hearing him speak about it makes me like, ooh. <laughs> do I want to watch media? Like, that's what I mean. Like, see, still there's had something still about had Sean it. Connery and listeners. I have a type, but mm-hmm. there's something mm-hmm. like hearing him speak about that. Mm-hmm. If you were already a fan of his, you were absolutely gonna go see this movie back in the day, right? right. So I'm somebody who loves disaster movies, so. I was really excited to watch this because I, like Mark, loved Poseidon Adventure. I love Twister. Mm -hmm. I love Day After Tomorrow. If there's a disaster movie, I'm here for it. And I really liked Meteor, but honestly, here... (laughs) 
hearing Sean Connery talk about that clip. I'm also a Sean Connery fan. This movie checked a lot of boxes for me personally. And it's not a, it's not, dare I say, a terrible movie. It's way too long. Yeah, right. Way too long. Sure. And even hearing him talk about it, he has that, I don't know, that charisma that like, Mm -hmm. when you're like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. What, what was it about that film that was so. So interesting, like Ooh, you wanna get involved with you Natalie get, Wood. Oh, okay, Natalie Wood's in it. Okay, Sean Connery's in it. And Brian Keith. I Brian could Keith's not, in it. When you see the opening credits of Meteor, it's like, oh man, this has got a much better cast than I was even I right? knew Sean Connery's in it, but I was like, yeah. wow, this has got a bunch of great people. You're like Carl Malden's in this Carl and Malden. in it a lot. Yeah. yeah. Martin Landau, mm-hmm. uh Henry Fonda. Henry yeah. Fonda plays the president. You're like, wow, yeah. this has got a ton of really good people in it. This is great. Brian Keith's in it. I did not think Brian Keith would be a guy who's played a character who speaks exclusively Russian. Yeah. <laughs> would not have seen that. No. Uh, he did learn his lines phonetically. Aww. And I thought that was hilarious because I'm like, we remember him from just recently. We discussed Death Before Dishonor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he could barely learn his lines for that. <laughs> How did he handle suddenly? And the thing is, he wasn't originally slated to play that character. He was right. actually cast to be the Martin Landau, one of the generals. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Martin Landau, who comes in like at a 10. I loved yeah. him in this. Because <laughs> yes. like he's at a 10 and they're like, cool, we need a 15 for this next thing. He's like, you got it. He's like, like here's, he's, a, he's like, here's a 25. Yeah, I'm like no that problem. hot. And then like yeah. he has to do like this mea culpa, and he's like, down to five. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, God, man, Martin Landau, my God. It's just upsetting how, like, good yeah, he is. Yeah, he's so good, yeah. yeah. In this, yeah. but I think for me, those were all things watching it that I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it made yeah. up for the lack of disaster. Yeah. <laughs> disaster right. Like, footage, lack of a lot of sure. things Which is why you'd want to watch it. Like, an avalanche, a meteor, a tsunami. There's also, uh, there's, also there's also that time yeah, tidal where, wave, like, yeah, where yeah. they're positioning Hercules. And I think, and I knew that, like, is took a lot of time for that scene. So actually, I went back and timed it and that scene takes approximately five and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> it is... <laughs> Is the longest scene it's in the film. Long. It takes it takes a long, long time. That's long when they were time. committing to the real space. Yes. Right. Right. If you if you think this movie doesn't have enough characters, the missiles play another character. They are. In this movie. They are. There's Russian missiles. There's American uh-huh. missiles. Uh-huh. And this movie, Sean Connery's character, Doctor, doesn't matter. Uh, Whatever. Doesn't matter. Doctor lawyer. Doctor Scottish American NASA guy. He's, yeah. he's also getting video calls from doctors all around the world right? that, they, that they introduce simply by saying, hey, this doctor's on the phone for you. Yeah. You have no yeah. background. You have no reason to know right. why or how they know each other or mm-hmm. what the profession is of yeah. said mm-hmm. doctor. Mm-hmm. But they introduce them. Uh, they play a critical piece to moving the plot along and then they disappear. And that's that's a lot of this movie yeah. is introducing new characters and then saying goodbye. And they're to immediately taken away from you. <laughs> right. <laughs> they exactly. are. Exactly. You did not know this, but they are disposable. Yes. <laughs> 
Speak about somebody who was immediately taken away from this movie, going back to Brian Keith, he was originally cast in Martin Lando's role because Donald Pleasance was supposed to play his role. What? But Donald Pleasance couldn't make it at the last minute because he was doing Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and it ran long, so he couldn't leave the production to come to this. So he had to switch over. He may have also been saying to himself, I don't know if I can do this whole Russian thing. He's like, I'm hanging out with the Beatles right now. I'm not going to your, yeah, whatever this is. What's his company? AIP? Who's who's putting this together? Yeah, I'm I'm AIP, Shaw Brothers. (laughs) This is like a co-production Right, uh, but yeah, AIP took a real bath on this one. I have yeah, to say. They, uh, I read that it, people claim that this might have been the end of AIP because it's their last release, and while they were already in financial distress, they spent yeah. like twenty two million on this bad boy, and they made which, about uh, two million of the box office. So it was yeah. not not this good. Was, yeah, not not a good thing. AIP, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they said. That's what they said. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> and one of the other characters of this movie that kind of took me away from it for a little bit was the original they, meteor. They came and took you away. <laughs> oh, well, shit. it's early on that they are talking about this. The meteor that breaks off is part of a larger entity, a larger meteor, larger yeah. comet mm-hmm. sure. yeah. named Orpheus. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I immediately thought, oh man, Orpheus is a really good David Sylvian song. And I went on <laughs> a deep dive. Yeah. I was just re-listening yeah. to a lot of yeah. David Sylvian. Sure. And it was like, man, I haven't given David Sylvian a good spin <laughs> in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to be fair, the David Sylvian spin was always just like a real just threading the needle away, right? <laughs> like we well, just I mean, tipped it, you over? It, no, it, yeah, it wasn't. It didn't take right, me. It wouldn't right. take me much. Obviously, yeah. if this you were, if, you're for, clearly for, one small reference away right. from diving <laughs> right. into it, going oh, down totally. the David Sylvian wormhole right. there. I paused the movie. I shit you not. Please don't shit me, Mark. Please. We don't. I'm really intrigued. Right. I don't believe you. Do not shit us, okay? <laughs> Don't shit a couple of shitters. Yeah. From then on, every single time that they mentioned Orpheus, I was like, But Orpheus sleeps <laughs> on his back, still dead to the world. Exactly. Oh, got <laughs> his could. third solo record. Just, you know, shit. really so distancing himself from Japan at this point. His previous uh, band. Basically, oh the precursor to Duran Duran. Look it all up, everybody. <laughs> Uh, this isn't do that on your own time. We're, we're a movie podcast. <laughs> uh, speaking of music, did they, uh-huh. did you hear the moments of the blaster beam that is used often in Forbidden World? Every time they would cut back to the meteor itself, they would do sections of the blaster beam, which is indeed Craig Huxley, what? who worked with Susan Justin to do the score and hmm. do the blaster beam sections in Forbidden World a couple years later uh, from this movie. But I, when I heard it, I was like, that's the unmistakable sound of that blaster beam wow. so every time I they mean, cut it, to that. Uh, there was a lot of it that sounded familiar they also used the like standard shit getting blown up sound that you heard in all the 70s and 80s tv shows mm-hmm. there's also mm-hmm. a sound when the mud is breaking through the tiles of the subway that yeah. sounds mostly like someone dropping glass on a floor and they keep repeating it over and over again i i didn't recognize it but i would say that a lot of the sound effects sounded very very familiar yeah but i think there were a lot of repurposed from a lot of other places too speaking of familiarity i the avalanche sequence in this where they actually used the avalanche footage Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it cracks me up because most of this movie is shot on sound stages very clearly 
they're doing sound yeah, stages. They're definitely. in the NASA war room. They're in the White House. They're all in these sound stages, but they which they shot at uh, MGM Studios. A couple of exceptions where they actually went to a location. One of those being St. Moritz, Switzerland, to shoot mm-hmm. the chalet and all the stuff that they where you see the characters there. And then they take this beautiful Switzerland location and throw in footage from Avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On yeah. top of this beautiful thing. Like, you went Seamlessly. all the way to Switzerland to shoot this. <laughs> and then you're like, let's just get that Corman shit and throw it on top. I was like, well, that, oh, that's because no. the hotel was part of David Shelby's, you know, the hotelier, David Shelby from Avalanche. It was <laughs> right. part of his right. many ski themed properties. That was his most popular destination. Yeah. Yeah. It's previous to the one yeah. in Avalanche. That was his number one. spending all this time at this new location, which is yeah, just not going so well. Yeah. well so. If he hadn't turned away from his main, you know, really his breadwinner, he could have pre- maybe prevented <laughs> the Avalanche. Maybe could have saved right. some lives there. This is what actually is happening to every one of his locations is an Avalanche comes in and just destroys it and he moves to a new location. <laughs> the Avalanche is a personal vendetta against him. He's like, actually, oh, another Avalanche. <laughs> the, av- avalanches are actually sentient in his world. And they come after <laughs> <him>. <laughs> And the thing is, they used to be friends. Right. Right. <laughs> But their friendship <laughs> split up, and now that avalanche is pissed. Avalanche yeah. <laughs> partnered with Meteor. It's just never uh, the same. They also uh. shot in Hong Kong, China, as well, to capture the crowd rushing from the tidal wave. And it made me think, did they take footage from New World's tidal wave for this sequence? Did they? Oh, did Which they? would have been Please amazing because the tidal wave footage from New World's tidal wave was actually taken from a Japanese film called The Submersion of Japan. Oh my mm. god. Okay. Which would have been incredible. However, again, this this chalks up to the fact that I think that Gene Warren did the effects for Avalanche and then he did the eff- ended up doing the effects for this. So uh, that's why I think it probably feels familiar. I, I saw no evidence that this was the same footage as Tidal Wave. Oh well. But it did make me think like, oh my god, are they just <laughs> cribbing from every New World disaster film? <laughs> Opposite of an ooh-wee is an oh well. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> oh well. Ooh-wee! Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you get the package you go ooh wee and you go through all that styrofoam and you only find the one thing and you go oh well yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also I, I appreciated that during the tidal wave that they showed that even when a tidal wave is coming you still have time to pick out some nice art that you can take home <laughs> that's a priority when you're running for your life is getting art that might work at your next place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, definitely for your next place. And you might get hungry. Grab an apple. Yeah. I like that everyone took to the streets as soon as they saw a potential <laughs> apple, uh, like tidal wave coming. Yeah. They were like, right. let's get out on those streets. I like, too, how quiet the tidal wave was so that they were, like, mm-hmm. surprised when it burst through the street. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, whoops. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't realize it was right on us. <laughs> Shit, it was on 3rd Street. I thought 2nd Street was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Tidal waves are sneaky like that. They're very quiet. They are. Everybody yep. always says yep. the tidal waves are the quiet killer. <laughs> That's what everyone says. The silent killer. Everyone says that. Heart attacks and tidal waves. Those are the two. <laughs> Tsunami. The T is silent because it's the silent killer. 
this the just silent killer. <laughs> That's what the I do think this this movie needed was a bit more of these disasters though. Like, amen. but we do get the explosion. Oh wait, amen. Oh well, oh well, amen. <laughs> we do get New York exploding and yeah. the yeah. the which is great. The red tinged stock footage of buildings falling apart was amazing, yep. and then yeah. cutting to like the studio inside, which is falling apart, which it is falling apart, but like. There's like one or two people crushed, but outside there's just buildings literally falling apart. I'm like, oh, this feels like there should be more damage happening in here. But uh, that was pretty amazing. And uh, I'm sure just another thing they grabbed from somebody like, oh, crap, we don't have any of these effects. Well, I know that the buildings collapsing, that was stock footage that they grabbed from like buildings that were being destroyed. Sure being torn down and they just put yeah. a red tint on it and we're like yep it'll it's an explosion that's just how desperate they were like you can't believe they spent that much money on this and then they were so desperate to fill an effects heavy movie at the last second like i just have to imagine corman being like yeah you want to buy my avalanche footage okay like i didn't spend much on that movie like yeah. you have a millions of dollars movie here. Okay. Well, you could see where they cut back on on things more than just like the buildings. But when they're in the subway, for example, representation of 1970s New York subway graffiti is taco window. This is the shit that's spray painted on the walls. Yeah. Door mm-hmm. Denise Con Casper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. take that, Denise. <laughs> Take that, Casper. (laughs) They're with each other, guys. Do you not know what cone means in Espanol? Oh. Well, I don't think Casper was into it. Um, But I I just thought... That's your observation. My observation, and it's up to me, and I can... Why would someone just spray paint taco? I don't... I just don't get it. Well, that sequence was shot at stage 30 at MGM so clearly they just threw some PAs out there and said just spray paint make it look yeah, good make it somebody look just like wrote taco because they were pissed off because lunch was <laughs> guys we got to push off lunch till four and they're like damn it I wanted a taco uh, it that took place uh, at that studio over eight days for a cost of $1.5 million, wow. that sequence. Wow. The filmmakers modified the swimming tank used for Esther Williams' aqua musicals to spew a million pounds of the mud-like substance bentonite. Ew. Uh, this article described the scenery as, quote, the largest, second largest set constructed in Hollywood in recent times, ranking just behind the wall built for King Kong, 1976. Huh, wow. Uh, and apparently in that sequence, several of the cast were injured. That's like something I saw on IMDb. Oh but I try to find something else because IMDb, I'm always sort of like, man, I don't know. I kind of question where some of the mm-hmm. things come. So I always want a secondary source, but I couldn't find one. Um, but here's Sean Connery talking about that particular <gasps> sequence. Ooh. He seemed, you know, there was 20, 30 of us going through the underground and the mud was like four or five feet deep. And if you slipped, I mean, you couldn't see anybody underneath. And uh, it got in your ear, up your nose, and uh, it wasn't very pleasant. That was really, it was more uh, wearing as a, uh, a piece to do than, say, jumping around the top of the train of the, the great train robbery kind of foolish but uh, at least one could rely more on yourself you know also i have another movie coming out and right. maybe you should watch that one <laughs> let me steer this conversation about this Subtle. movie to another movie i'm making mm-hmm. also in 1979 mm-hmm. but yeah so i couldn't find anything about it but yes they spent a lot of money on that sequence and it's fine 
It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's a oh, fine really? sequence. I it's thought fine. it was good. I liked it. It just it it. You don't see people get soaked in mud like that. That's true. Like they That's are. True. So, you can tell they're like in it. There's yeah. no CGI. They are. They are true. in true. whatever that is. Mud, chocolate milk. It's, it's yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. You're watching it now through today's lens. Going okay. Mm-hmm. This is something. Or maybe it's just muddy water. I don't know how it was. Yeah. But they're soaked in it. They're in it. They're slipping. They're falling around. So that I actually kind of liked. I think for me, the most Poseidon adventure vibes is that particular sequence for sure right for sure but i also think for me and maybe this is just because of because what I'm you've used lived to. in the underground for several years <laughs> <laughs> no i think because modern movies are cut faster and the editing's faster so you never really see much for long you you don't see like the entire subway for long because yeah. it would always be cutting to different people's points of view right. but you really see people falling and falling down in the mud and you see sean connery like pointing and going like get that guy he went into the mud and they look for a second they're like we can't find him and it's filling right. up like carl malden like he eats it down there doesn't yeah. he he goes under. Yeah, he totally eats it. But yeah. right before that, Beardy McBearderson just decides like, ah, fuck it, I'm getting in the mud. And they say, get up. And he just nods no. Yeah. Which led me to believe it wasn't the mud as much as he was like, I'm done with this world. I'm not I, getting out of here. Yeah. I don't is, want this, to get out of here. I don't want to get out. I don't want to see what's on the other side. I wrote I, taco is, on the this, wall. I, this is my <laughs> place. This is where, I, this is where I call it. I Yes, I'm no longer with Denise. Yes, my name's Casper. <laughs> yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's Casper. time. Not that any of you would know. <laughs> so I'm calling it. I have a name that you can't forget, but none of you will remember. He doesn't it. slip. <laughs> he literally jumps in and then just drowns himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, that's something when I watch these older movies from the, you know, 70s, late 70s, early 80s, I have to remember like to sort of slow my expectations to sort of almost like calm myself down. Like it's not going to do a lot of these like fast, quick cuts. Because inside you're going, ooh, wee. Inside I'm like, ooh, wee, let's go. Let's see it. <laughs> And it's not going to be that way. Right. So I think the more... And again, I watched this movie through a very forgiving lens because I love disaster <laughs> movies. Yes. But yes. I think there's something to be this said is, about... This is the most forgiving I've heard you in, I think, in a while. Since we started it's this Sean Connery. It's a disaster movie. So yeah. I, get, I you gave are it really a lot like, of... I want this to work. I want this, I want to, this to work. I wish you could go into every single movie we watch with that kind of attitude. Absolutely not. One in a blue moon. One in a blue moon. But I think if you approach it with that lens, it's more enjoyable. It is still too long. That will that's my yeah, one no, it and is, top criticism sure. of this movie. It's absolutely it too long. Too long. Yeah. And it does it doesn't need to be this it doesn't no it absolutely doesn't but scenes like that it was almost interesting to watch because i thought god as an actor in that scene how awful was it to film that yeah because they are absolutely blasting that muddy thick gross looking water or Mm -hmm. substance Mm -hmm. through the walls people are falling in it they're covered in it and when they wipe their hands it looks very like gelatinous and Mm -hmm. thick Mm -hmm. and i just thought how awful it reminded me of like the the marshmallow like at the end of ghostbusters where everyone's just kind of like has yeah. it all over them like how awful to shoot that really yeah, but, that, but marshmallow is delicious this would not be yeah, this is this disgusting yeah but horrible. their marshmallow like they're not have probably having marsh legit marshmallow on them it's probably some, yeah whatever you know, whatever yeah some something that will like stay on them mm-hmm. and you know 
Yeah. But I just, I kept thinking like how awful to film this scene. Mm -hmm. And it's such a long scene. Oh, what if flipping it, what if Meteor, that actually the whole, what they are getting covered in is caramel. Because then it's kind of fun. Yeah, 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 then it is kind of fun. I, I would have preferred a butterscotch, yep, but I yeah. think, well, you know, same right. saying. And that's that's Sean Connery going, uh, I'm going to call my agent and have my agent call the producers. <laughs> kinda, but, he's Scottish, so he would kind of prefer, he would prefer butterscotch over uh, over caramel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a butterscotch. He'd thing. be like, caramel versus butterscotch. <laughs> <laughs> Why won't you open your mouth? Isn't that how Scots speak? <laughs> Like just with half their mouth. I think you're 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 mixing up Sean Connery and Gerard Butler. Because <laughs> Gerard Butler always talks out of one side of his mouth, especially when he's doing an American accent. Ooh wee! <laughs> yeah, it was a little too long, but uh, it's yeah. not terrible. Not terrible. I also was a little confused right at the point. So Sean Connery goes down. He sees that the walls are breaking in, and he yells over to Harry. He says, "The rubber's breaking through." Mm. Mm. <laughs> I thought if this was a, an intimate scene, that statement would make sense. Yeah. But what the fuck is he talking about? They edited around their lovemaking scene. <laughs> Harry, the rubber's breaking through. See? The the rubber's breaking through. Mm-hmm. Harry, the rubber's breaking through. <laughs> Do you feel like the line was rubble? And he just said, "Well, he, with his he's accent, been he's he, like rubble. He's been wearing a condom since he went back to NASA. Just, just, just in the hope, just trying to win back. And literally, the, probably the minute he saw Natalie Wood, he grabbed a cup of coffee, ran off to the bathroom, <laughs> put the condom on, pulled his pants back up, got another cup of coffee, went back to the room. Harry's the only one that knew about it, and this was a vi- oh, no. this was a this was a very emotional, intimate moment between yeah. two men in the seventies mm-hmm. when you didn't share mm-hmm. these kinds of feelings, right? Where Which he is... was expressing concern and worry about his his rubber that's, breaking. That's why when Carl Malden went down into the caramel, he, he was like, "Nah, I'm not saving you. I'm not saving you. Know too much. You know too much about me." I hate you guys. I'm trying to save this scene. I try to make it valuable and worthwhile and memorable. Hey, you guys. Uh, Hate hate us. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, but another favorite Um, scene. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. Oh, I got. I have to mention it. I have to call it out. Is going back to the tsunami scene. Okay. Oh, and we see the. This character and he's trying to make his way home. Oh, and he makes it home and he tells his partner in time and she grabs the baby. Yeah. Grabs the baby. Oh, yes, we're gonna get out of here. And then he goes Run back to the and ground. He's like, I'm gonna grab the dog. They have the dog, they have the baby, they hit the streets, they're running, and then boom, the tsunami comes down. That's the what street, I'm saying. Wipes them the both silent out. Killer. They went right it. outside and hit Over. the streets. I'm like, Done. Did, did you not want to go somewhere in your building and just yeah. try to like go up? No. They nope. just were like, nope. get the baby, let's run to hit yeah. hit the streets. <laughs> All of them, all four of them. A gone. tsunami's coming. Let's hit the streets where the water will be. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. a bad plan. They, they were, they were the like Beard, like Beardy McBeardersen, who just lowered himself into the caramel bath and decided to call it. That's yeah. what they decided to do. It was it was them running to disaster. Who? Oh, and also also in this movie, Richard Dysart from The Thing. Mm-hmm. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Also in this mm-hmm. movie, I was just looking at the cast and I forgot that he was in it. Mm-hmm. Also in the cast, Sybil Danning apparently played a girl skier. 
I missed mm-hmm. her in no it. No kidding. Oh, was she the one that was saying hi to everybody in town? I don't. It says girl skier, guys. I yeah. I have I, no more context. That's probably her. It's because yeah. it's she's skiing. She knows everybody in the yeah. Swiss town. Oh, yeah. I, I think see. Yes. Just, yeah. I think that says more. You know how the Swiss they know everybody. If you're Swiss, you know you know that's Swiss. You yeah. know it's you know, it's a not a basis. it's not a big town. Yeah. So <laughs> or country. Nope. Right. Know, however you well, want to look I was at it, but Saint Moritz, where they had the uh... right, but Switzerland does have a towny feel. So yeah, right. Um... As, in, as a country, as a country, <laughs> they know everybody in every town, in all right. towns, in all towns. But sleeps on his back, still dead to the world. <laughs> it's all you needed. All right. Do you have anything else? Well, uh, yeah. It's. Uh, I, I think there's one other thing that I'd like to say is that this movie showed me that, uh, and I think Ryan, you'll appreciate this. That. Oh, good. Well, sh- shut up, Erica, and just listen. <laughs> I'm appreciating. This. Sorry, Ryan's you appreciating can't. something. You can't. I'm gonna be quiet. Watch now. me appreciate well, this, Erica. You you may appreciate it too, nope, but I know Ryan. Only Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> is that for a long time I've thought that I don't have much in common with people from New York. No. But this okay. movie showed me that I do because they talk about um, Brian Keith's character taking a cab ride in New York and learning his one line of English. Yes. I think it's, yes. if you're going to learn one line of English, yes. this is the one to learn. Book the Dodgers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is a great line of dialogue, which, by the way, I learned uh, was cut from versions that they would put on television. Like, they didn't, like, redub it. They just cut the whole line. So at the end, when he gets a baseball bat from the Dodgers, it's just like, all right. <laughs> what was that in reference to? Oh, no. <laughs> the only thing he could say. Right. And, there, and at that end, when he gets that baseball cap, I love, too, this movie does the, well, you're Russian, so you must wear those hats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it of doesn't course. even yeah. matter if it's of not course. cold out. Yeah. yeah, because you're Russian, you would put that hat on if you were outside, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So put the hat on, go into the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I love to looking at some of the comments when I was looking through research about Meteor that a lot of people were like, because I was looking up Brian Keith trying to find out, did he have to learn this phonetically, which of course is what I assume, but just to try to make sure, because it throws you that Natalie Wood <clears throat> knows Russian because mm-hmm. her parents are both Russian. So mm-hmm. she actually knew Russian. She still worked with somebody to kind of help her have a particular accent when she spoke. But when I think when she spoke English or maybe perhaps when she spoke Russian, but she knew Russian. Brian Keith did not. Uh, but a lot of people were like, Brian Keith, I guess he knows Russian. He must. And I was just seeing people debate and go through. His IMDb says his parents were American. I don't think he's Russian at all. He just <laughs> learned it from the movie. And people were like arguing about it. It was kind of an amazing conversation. That's awesome. And um, it's great to see people get pissed off. And I'm yeah. like, finally, you know, yeah, he's he learned it phonetically. But uh, but good for Natalie Wood. That's why she took the movie is because she got to play a Russian character. And uh, because she's from a Russian heritage. So yeah. she's very good in it. It's a great cast. Henry Fonda came in for only two days to film all all his stuff. Wow, that it feels like he could have done that in two hours, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I'm sure he could have. In fact, he was probably pissed he had to come back the next day and was like, oh my God. <laughs> sure he was. Two days? You need two days. <laughs> yeah. All right. Look, it's, it's a fun movie. My name is Henry fucking Fonda, if you didn't remember. Whoa. Oh, ooh-wee. But I, ooh-wee. Yeah, a, you can refer to me as HFF from now on, okay? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's it. That is Meteor, uh, our nearly New World selection, the first one of 2023 and the first 
and only of Disastuary. We hope that you're enjoying Disastuary so far. We've got a couple more great episodes, a couple more, and then we're done. We won't have another good episode again. <laughs> We've got a couple more episodes of Disastuary. Let me make it clear. And, Some uh, might think that we that. haven't had one yet. So yeah, this, <laughs> I hope you're still listening going, this one's not good either. All right, let's see what they do next week. I don't know. Uh, and if you don't like us, or if you do, but particularly if you do, rate and review this episode, please. Give us a five-star review. It's the easiest thing in the world to do if you listen to us on Spotify. There's just a little button up there with a star, and you can press it and give us five stars. Easy. It's so simple, and it really helps people find the show. You know this because you listen to podcasts, and everybody says it, but only we mean it. Anyway, thank you for joining us on this episode. Tell us what you thought of Meteor, and we'll see you next time on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody. Oh, the Dodgers. <laughs>